You're now listening to a Real Media Network production. Three, two, one. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. And welcome back to Come About, a minute-by-minute minute rewatch podcast of Titanic. Here we are at minute 63 of the film. I'm Mike Brace, and I'm here with my wife, Jenna. Hello. You have something to say? No, no, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> you, you really look like you're, like, pondering no, something. No, just because... Uh... Did, did you see the time? Yes. Okay, <laughs> on the actual movie, we're at like, one hour, five minutes. Yeah. But we've been through this time and time yeah, again. Yeah, it's we not going to line yeah. up. We're yeah. going to have uh, less episodes than minutes. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it was like a minute and a half, right, between, wasn't it, or something like that? Well, it was 30 seconds for the opening that we skipped. Like oh. the T- Only a minute? Gate? I thought it was like a... No, it was like 30 seconds. With like the Paramount logo yeah. and... Yeah. It was only 30 seconds? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Well, Anyways, <laughs> all of the seconds Mike's of me got being a slow, uh, inconsistent. Trigger finger. Whoa, hold on now. I hit I hit a button. The wrong button. But you... But it was... Actually, you I know where I think we messed up pretty bad on the time was the last minute? Because oh, you hit play... Yeah. By mistake, so then we had to rewind it, and you know how you asked me, like, is this where it, we start? <laughs> yeah. And I said yes. Yeah. But as it played, I'm like, oh, wait, no, we already watched this. Mm-hmm. So that was probably, like, 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. It's rough. But uh, I think it'll be No one's going to complain. No. <laughs> you know, uh, Christy, my sister Christy, said she was watching the movie but then they took it off of net like she was watching uh, along with us i think she was, was the netflix? only person doing that yeah. but she was uh she said she was doing that but i think they took it off of netflix and i don't know if she has like another right so, that's yeah. funny yeah um shoot i thought i was gonna say something well you, you gonna break it down or did you have something else yeah. you wanted to say yeah there's something else i wanted to say oh but... okay it's all right. That's so, funny. anyways, in this minute, um, you know, Rose is saying goodbye to the ladies, and he goes over. Wait, well, first no, you get Jack Cal is saying, throwing. Oh yeah, Cal. His lighter, uh, uh, Jack's lighter, back at at. at their Jack. matches. Or whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get it right. Uh so yeah, he checks them back at Jack. Like a real a hole. Um, I like the sound they make though. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's really not necessary. Like Jack threw them at Cal, like across the table, which is like, yeah, obviously rude. Yeah. But he didn't need to throw them. Like he was, you know, walking oh, he was away just from giving Jack. it back to Jack. Yeah, I know, but like he could have just handed them to him. But yeah. he was already walking away, and I, I think, think he just wanted to throw them back at him. Yeah, kind he of was thing. just kind of stooping down to yeah. Jack's yeah. level. Because mm-hmm. um, I think 
even Jack would have known that that's not how you hand somebody something yeah, during yeah. dinner. Like, yeah. I think. For sure. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, he throws his matches back at him. And then uh, Jack is saying goodbye to Rose. And she's just saying, you know, do you really have to go? And he's like, yeah, the rats are calling me back. What's he saying? <laughs> wow, that is not it at all. He said, I gotta go row with the rest of the slaves. Oh, right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then... I like what you came up with, too. The, the rats are calling me back? That's pretty good, too. I don't, where did you get that? How well, did... he talks about how there's hardly any rats Yeah, that was ship. like two minutes ago. <laughs> And, like, that's just not at all what he said. It's pretty amazing that he came up with that. Okay, anyway, so um, he then kisses her hand. And when he does that, he leaves a little note in her hand, clearly a note that he wrote with Molly Brown's pen. Mm -hmm. So, but where did he get the paper? From her? Molly Brown? (laughs) Maybe (laughs) you'll just see him handing the pen back, but... Well, he's not going to hand the paper back. Could it have been from his notebook? Oh, yeah, it kind of does look like that. But he didn't bring it with him. But maybe he specifically was like, I'm going to tear a little piece out of my notebook in case I have to (laughs) pass the secret message (laughs) on. Right? Yeah, okay. Maybe. Maybe he just always carries a little piece of paper with him. (laughs) Why are you laughing at this? This actually seems like a... In case he wants to sketch something. On a little... Well, no. Maybe he brings a full (laughs) sheet of paper with him. But then when he... And no one noticed to take a piece of paper out of his pocket and rip off the corner. I don't think that this is this ridiculous. (laughs) I I don't think that this is a ridiculous idea. Ridiculous. But then where did Mary... Why did Mary Brown have a scrap of paper? I don't think she did. I think it's his scrap of paper. <laughs> just keeping He brings it with him. In case he wants... Because he Why didn't even this... get dressed in his own cabin. He got dressed at Molly Brown's. Yeah. So, where's his clothes He's and stuff? Probably, in her cabin? Maybe. And then that's probably... He probably had his... He had his notebook with yeah. him there. He took a piece of paper out. I don't think that this is so ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. No. Okay. What's okay. your what, okay? What's your suggestion? What do you think he did? How did he do this? To you me, think? the piece of paper doesn't make sense. It should have been like on a napkin or something. Cloth napkin. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Sir, you can't color on those. <laughs> Where'd you get the crayons? I <laughs> brought them from home. Oh. Okay, it's the office. Anyways. Um, I don't know where the scrap paper came from, but, okay, I guess he ripped it from his book in case he had to write a secret note. You're right. So, then... I really think that that's a pretty likely scenario. So, Rose opens the note, and it says, make it count, meet me at the You know what? I bet you, yes. I, I'm going 100% into that theory. Yeah? 100% into that theory. I think no matter what, he was going to give her a, a secret note. Yeah? Because he is in love with her. 
at this yeah. point. And I think he realizes she must have feelings for me too. Even if he wasn't going to necessarily invite her um, to a party or whatever, I think he was always going to leave her a note. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Maybe. matter what. Maybe. So... <clears throat> We jump to the next scene, and Rose is heading towards the clock. She sees Jack standing at the top waiting for her. It's a very, um, we're going to see the same shot again at the end of the movie um, of Jack looking at the clock. It is 9 p.m. But I feel like you only hear the bell ring like three times. Is it supposed to ring nine times? Yes. Oh, that's annoying. Um... Anyway, so she makes her way up the stairs to him, and he turns around, and he says, so you want to go to a real party? And then it jumps to the next scene. Uh, you see people playing some instruments, and that's where the minute ends. Mm -hmm. Moving along. Yeah, yeah. It's getting there. Pretty interesting stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Back to John Jacob. <laughs> <Jay and laughs> we're we're going to eventually get there, and then... Yeah, we'll have. Didn't finally. you tell me that um, there is still a John Jacob Astor alive today? Yes. Maybe two? One for Just sure. Just one. Wait, wait, did we do John Jacob Astor? Um, well, no, we kind of went not into his, the family. Not his tree. time on the Titanic, I don't think, right? No. I mean, we know kind of. The ending of his time. Yeah. Did well, you, you say me... it's John Jacob Astor that uh, goes down with the ship dressed in his vest? No, that was somebody else. That's okay. the Guggenheim guy. Ah, Guggenheim. Yeah. That's that guy. So, um, do you want to talk a bit about his earlier life, too? No. With, uh, no? Yes. Okay. With his first wife? Yeah, with his... First wife, do you want to go through that? Okay. okay. Is so, it interesting? Is it interesting? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so, on February 17th, 1891, Astor married a socialite, Ava Lowell Willing. They weren't married long. No. A daughter of Edward Shippen Willing. Well, I guess they were married like 10 years. And Al Alice Barton. The couple had two children, William Vincent Astor, who was born in 1891, and Ava Alice Muriel Astor. I think we did this, actually. Wait, I do wait, remember wait. reading out these names. When did they get married? <laughs> they got married in 1891. What, what's the date? February 17th. Okay. They had their first kid the same year. Yes. Okay. Yes, in November. Oh. November 15th. Honeymoon baby. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe we did this. Yeah? Astor and Willing divorced in November 1909. Compounding the scandal of their divorce was Astor's announcement that he would remarry. At the age of 47, Astor married 18-year-old socialite Madeline Talmadge Force. The sister of real estate businesswoman and socialite Catherine... Emmons Force. <laughs> I don't know why he points that out. They're... 
Okay. Astor and Forrest were married in his mother's ballroom at Beechwood, the family's Newport, Rhode Island mansion. There was also much controversy over their 29-year age difference. His son Vincent despised Forrest, yet he served as best man at his father's wedding. <laughs> the couple took an extended honeymoon in Europe and Egypt to wait for the gossip to t- calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Among the few Americans who did not spurn him at this time was Margaret Brown, later fictionalized as the unsinkable M- Molly Brown. She accompanied the Astors to Egypt and France. Oh. After receiving a call to return to the United States, Brown accompanied the couple back home aboard the RMS Titanic. So I'll just jump into Yeah, because then it's just talking about his properties and stuff that he owned. Yeah. Uh, so Titanic. While traveling, Madeline Force Astor became pregnant. Wanting the child born in the U.S., the Astors boarded the Titanic on her maiden voyage to New York. They embarked in Cherbourg, France, in first class, and were the wealthiest passengers aboard. Accompanying the Astors were Astors' valet, Victor Robbins, Forces' maid, Rosalie Bedoy, Bedeau? Bedeau. And her nurse, Caroline Louise Enders. Um, they also took their pet kitty. kitty. The Astors were deeply fond of their dog and had come close to losing her on a previous trip when she went missing in Egypt. Kitty did not survive the sinking. Oh. Uh, yeah, because it was like a big dog. Uh, a short while after Titanic hit the iceberg that caused her to sink, New York lawyer Isaac... Uh, Fraunthal? Fraunthal? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Saw Captain Smith advise Astor to awaken his wife and they might have to take to the boats. Astor informed his wife of the collision but told her not... told her the damage did not appear to be serious. Sometime later, as the ship's lifeboats for first class were being manned, Astor remained unperturbed, and he and his family played with the mechanical horses in the gymnasium. Uh, Yeah, what is this mechanical horse in the gym? I'm guessing, you know, the rides that... Like for children? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. (laughs) The rest of this boat isn't child-friendly. Kids can't even go in the swimming pool, but they have a gym with little horses to ride. All Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I'll buy it. (laughs) So, yeah, this is all pretty similar stuff to the last minute we talked about. At some point, Aster is thought to have been slicing the lining of an extra life belt with a pen knife to show his wife its contents, either to prove they were not of use or to reassure her that they were. (laughs) Why do you think he was doing it? Why do you do that? Yeah. You're just ruining... Yeah, how does showing her what it's made out of help her understand it's gonna work? I don't know what life jackets are made out of, and if someone ripped one open to show me the inside, I wouldn't know what I was looking at. Yeah, uh, 
Okay, so he even declared, we are safer here than in that little boat. So when second officer Charles Lightoller... Lightoller? Later arrived on a deck to finish loading lifeboat four, Astor helps his wife and her maid and nurse into it. He then asked if he might join his wife because she was in a delicate condition. However, Light Lightoller <laughs> Man, I have a no really one will correct you on this. Okay. Uh told him men were not allowed to to board until all the women and children had been loaded. Uh, yet, so, okay, this is all the same, actually. <laughs> I don't think I need to do this again, right? Nah. Yeah, then it's just going into what Colonel... But, and his body was never found. No, it, it was. Oh, it was. I thought it was just the... April 22nd. Oh, okay. And he had, uh, $2,500. Oh, I thought that it. was the other person he was with. Okay. Uh, okay, hold on, there is some new stuff here. Just hold on. Uh... A, uh, a news article posted in the Chicago Record Herald tells of Astor placing his wife into the final lifeboat, then ordering Ida Sophia Hippech and her 17-year-old daughter Jean Gertrude to take the final two places before the boat set sail. I mean, what? Like, that's kind of weird. I mean, like, I get it. Like, that's a good thing, I guess, but it's like... Why is he the one ordering these women to do that? <laughs> um, after lifeboat four was lowered at 1.55 a.m., Astor is said to have stood alone while others tried to free the remaining collapsible lifeboats. He was last seen alive on the starboard bridge wing, smoking a cigarette with Jacques Furtrell. A mere half hour later, the ship disappeared beneath the ocean. Madeline Force Astor, her nurse and her maid, survived. Colonel Astor, his valet, Victor Robbins, and Fertrell did not. In the aftermath, ships were sent out to retrieve the bodies from the site of the sinking of the 1,517 passengers and crew who perished in the sinking. Only 333 bodies were ever recovered. Astor's body was recovered on April 22nd by the cable ship McKay Bennett. Astor was identified by the initials sewn on the label of his jacket. Among the items found on him was a gold pocket watch, which his son Vincent claimed and wore the rest of his life. Hmm. It's kind of crazy they identified him by his jacket that he was wearing. With his initials sewn in. Yeah, but what if people switch jackets? What if he put his jacket on somebody else? Well, then it, but then it goes into other things that he had. Okay. So, um, do you want to hear? This? So this is like a report, I guess, of like hmm. his identification. Um, well, they don't. This is, I guess, before they even knew. Oh no, because then it does say that it is him at the end. So, uh, he was the. Body number 124 that was recovered, or um, and they it says male, estimated age 50, light hair and a mustache. Clothing is described uh, blue serge outfit or suit, sorry, blue handkerchief with a V, 
belt with a gold buckle, brown boots with red rubber soles, brown flannel shirt, JJA on the back of collar, effects, gold watch, cufflinks, gold with diamond, diamond ring with three stones, um, 225 pounds in English notes, uh, 2,440 in notes, 5 pounds in gold, like, it says, like, 5, like, British pounds in gold, not, like, literally 5 pounds of gold, (laughs) you get it? Yeah. Um, uh, 7 shillings in silver, I guess, 10, uh, 5, 10 franc pieces. A gold pencil. Did people really just... A gold pencil? That's what it says. A gold pencil. (laughs) Was it the kind you load with the lead? Or do you shave? Do you... I don't know what a gold pencil is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's weird. And then it says first class name, JJ, Mm -hmm. Pastor of the Fourth. Um, did people really just walk around with, like, bars of gold and silver as money? I, I guess so. Could you use, like, obviously, I know gold is very valuable, but if I had, like, a gold coin, I can't just go to the convenience store and hand them that as (laughs) currency. No, not anymore. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. It's funny, huh? Like, people get so hung up on, like, that, right? Like, people are like, I don't know if we're going to get, like, too political here or anything, but, like, (laughs) you know, people are, like, really upset moving away from, like, paper currency and going, you know. Bitcoins? Yeah, just any sort of digital currency, and it's like. Yeah, people were really upset when you when you had to stop using gold, <laughs> like, so. They I just feel like gold you know? would be so inconvenient because it's, you know, worth a lot. So if you just want to go get like a candy bar, you just see like a little flake of gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was ever really. How things business was conducted. I don't think there were little kids going around. Father, could you shave me off a sliver of gold <laughs> so I can go get myself a, a jolly rancher? <laughs> I don't think that's the way it was conducted, but uh, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, right. In his memoir, uh, what Gracie? Okay. Not he wrote massive. a memoir before he died on the Titanic. Okay, ah, go on. I mean, it could have been written before he got on the Titanic, Jenna. Yeah, I guess. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, Gracie claims that Astor's body was recovered in a crushed condition. Oh. This led to a popular... Wait, w- w- he was there? Okay. I don't know. This guy? <laughs> this guy seems to know everything and everything and like yeah. Um this led to a popular belief that Astor was killed by the first funnel falling from the ship. However, two crew members on the McKay Bennett and Captain Richard Roberts 
the commander of Aster's yacht, said that apart from some slight discoloration by the water, Aster's body was pristine. <laughs> so, like, what is up too. with this Gracie yeah, guy? Just he's saying just whatever. Starting he wants. all these rumors. Yeah. Um, survivor Philip Mock was quoted as claiming to have seen Aster in the water clinging to a raft, but with um, William Thomas Stead. Their feet became frozen, said Mock, and they were forced to release their holds. Both were drowned. Astor was buried in Trinity Church Cemetery in Manhattan, New York City, four months after the Titanic sank. Madeline Astor gave birth to his second son, John Jacob Jakey Astor VI. I kind of want to read about him, but we can save that again for another minute. <laughs> Part four of the John Jacob series. <laughs> yeah. We had to change her name. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. That should about do us, though, yep. for another episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you in a minute.